0: Tonight here at Ground Zero Ministries, we're going to talk about gratitude. Um, It's a concept, it's a word, it's a principle that for the majority of my life I didn't understand. You know, I wasn't grateful for anything. You know, I, I grew up poor and I grew up broken, and I always was looking at what everybody else had. and how life wasn't fair, you know, and how come, you know, I couldn't have things that other people had, you know, so I, I felt really entitled as a young young man, you know, and uh, had a chip on my shoulder and everybody owed me something because somehow in life I've been dealt a, a hand of cards that was less than everybody else's. and you know, and, and uh to my own demise, you know, as I continued to drink and drug and, and, and constantly wanting to do things my way. You know, I would come in to recovery and I would, you know, bob and weave and, you know, go in and out of jail because I, I didn't want to face... The reality that, you know, one, there was a God and and two, that there needed to be work on my side of the equation for my life to change. You know, and, um, I remember being in recovery and after I'd come to Utica and, um, I was extremely depressed and angry and, um, I would, sit in the meetings and I would cry a lot because I just was so frustrated and I didn't know what to do and, you know, needless to say, I was an atheist and didn't want to listen to anybody talk about God or any spiritual concepts or prayer thought it was all stupid. You know, and I remember, you know, someone in a meeting is like, well, you need to find Gratitude. And all I wanted to do was is choke slam that lady. I thought that would make me feel better, <laughs> and I didn't get it. You know there was things that in recovery you know that people were suggesting to me, and I didn't want to do any of it. you know, I just wanted it all to be over, and this isn't fair. You know, and I remember, you know, my life was out of control. I'm a cat person. I really hate dogs, believe it or not. You know, God, God's funny, but, and I was dating this girl who wanted a puppy. And because I'm a genius, I decided to get her a puppy. But she wanted a pug. And I thought pugs are stupid. So I got her a puppy, but it was really for me, so I got a pit bull. And it was all white. And that thing was ferocious. It was this big, and it would never stop biting you. And I hated it. And then I came across the guy who was getting rid of another white pit bull. And I had this genius idea that if I get another white pit bull and I have a female and a male, that I could mate them and I could make money. So I got her a second puppy. And it wasn't long after that, she broke up with me. And I was stuck with these two dogs in my apartment with three cats. And these dogs, all they did was remind me of the fact that I didn't have a girlfriend anymore and i didn't want the dogs in the first place the dogs were for her and now i'm stuck with the dogs and i have no girl and i'm miserable and i'm depressed and i'm angry and i'm trying to stay sober and some old lady's telling me i need to find gratitude and i was so miserable i remember i i would come outside to walk the dogs And I'd sit in the parking lot, and they would be playing and having fun, and I'd be sitting there just wanting to die. I was so miserable. And I had to force myself to to find gratitude. Like, I'm grateful that I'm alive. I'm grateful that I have a place to live. I'm grateful that I have a bed to sleep in. You know, it's like things that we take for granted on a regular basis. I was, like, trying to get myself out of this funk by finding gratitude. But because I was so far down this, this crazy path in my mind, I could not let go of the fact that I didn't have a girl. You know, and that, because this girl was going to make my life better. And she was doing a great job at that point. However, I will say this, is that it's the heartache from that relationship that ended up leading me to Jesus. That, if that girl had stayed with me, I never probably would have found Jesus. Because I wouldn't have been in as much pain as that was necessary for me to finally surrender myself. Because I knew that I couldn't turn off my own pain. I ended up giving away the dogs. And I was really grateful for that. See, as as I started this journey, as we start this journey... You know, we all have things in our lives that are out of control. You know, and sometimes it's, you know, drugs and alcohol and sometimes it's sex or porn and sometimes it's food and sometimes it's grief and sometimes it's control and we all have some area that just has a hold of us and we can't seem to get free. You know, and what recovery teaches us is that we're powerless over this you know, whatever it might be. And, and that the more I try to control it, my life gets more and more unmanageable, you know, and I never understood that. You know, I was trying to to do it my way. I've always been trying to do it my way, you know, and I would come into recovery and and I would go to meetings and, you know, I'd go to rehab and I'd go to outpatient and, You know, and I always knew what I needed to do, but I never would listen. I would never listen to what other people were trying to tell me because I was a genius. And finally after I had relapsed again and again and again and and came to the, the place of, you know, where I'd hit rock bottom in a sense. And and I just knew that I, I couldn't do it anymore. I had no idea what I was doing. And when I finally admitted that I was powerless and that my life was unmanageable, things began to shift because there's always a little bit of me in there. You know, I'd be like, all right, I can't do this, but I'm going to do it this way. Okay, I can't do this or that, but I'm still going to do it this way. You know, I for a long time, you know, as I was trying to figure out recovery, i was just trying to abstain from one thing and then trying to latch on to something else that wasn't healthy and eventually as you know the god concept was starting to to be infiltrating my spirit and i'm trying to understand that there is a god and and that he has a plan and you know i wasn't right i wasn't quite to jesus yet but i realized that I was powerless and my life's out of control and I needed God to come in to, to restore my craziness and things were beginning to turn. You know, and, and, at this point, you know, as I got sober in 2006, you know, and Jesus really started to come into my life. Like all of these recovery principles really started to make way more sense. Because for me, before Jesus, God was very abstract. It can be whatever I want it to be. I can make him up and and he can, you know, you know, it fits my will and fits my, you know, agenda, you know, and eventually as I came to, you know, this understanding of who Jesus really is, it was clear and defined. You know, I couldn't manipulate. I couldn't push it. I couldn't, you know, Jesus is who Jesus is. You know, and we have our our Bibles and the Word in it, and it really depicts who He is, and it, and it made it real clear. And I'm so grateful today that I actually picked up the Bible and began to read it for myself. Because even though I grew up in the church, I'd never read any of it. I remember being a teenager ripping out 420 out of a, a Gideon's Bible in, in a hotel and rolling up a joint and smoking it. That's as close as I ever got to the Bible until I got saved. Like, I thought the Bible was just this big book of rules. You know, and come to find out it's, it's full of power. It's full of love. It's, it's full of who God really is and it's His breath breathed into our lives you know and i never would have imagined that the bible would be something that changed my life you know and today i'm grateful for that girl that broke up with me I, i'm grateful that i i got into this deep place of darkness and pain that i i finally realized that i needed help and i reached out and and jesus met me in that place and i'm grateful for that you know, I'm grateful for a Bible that's true, that it doesn't change, that it says, that it's anointed, that it's powerful, and it's God's breath breathed, and it's transformed my life, and God speaks to us off of those pages. You know, but what I learned in recovery, you know, even though I, I was a knucklehead and didn't want to listen very much, is that gratitude is an action word. You know, and when I'm gra- grateful for something, then I serve or I give or I do, you know, that there's a response in me because I'm grateful. See, I never would have imagined that my life was going to turn out the way that it is, but I'm grateful that I didn't get what I wanted. And that's hard for some of us because we still want something so badly that we sacrifice ourselves sometimes in what God wants to do in our lives, because it's like if you don't do what I want you to do, then I'm not going to move. And we still are being stubborn and in and, and, and the ability to turn over our will. You know, and as we grow in this relationship with God, we have to come to this realization is that there isn't two plans. There's His plan, and there's no other plan. Because anytime that I'm trying to do my plan, amidst knowing that He has a plan, nothing but painful things happens for me. Like, I don't get to escape. There isn't a plan B. Even though... There's been more times than I can possibly count that I am trying to manufacture plan B in my brain. You know, but I've learned that if, if I run, everything's gonna go crazy. Where am I gonna go? You know, in the words that, that that Jesus spoke to Peter, well go then. And Peter said, Well, where else am I gonna go? You're the only one that has the words of everlasting life. You know, I've wanted to quit this ministry. I've wanted to quit Redeemer Church. I wanted to walk away. I've wanted to do this and that. I wanted to leave Utica. I've wanted to go do Bible college. I wanted to go get a, you know, a pastor job in a different church. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted. But it wasn't God, even though I was trying to do it for God. No, I was really trying to do it for me. And I'm grateful that He did not let me have my way. See, I have a God that's big enough that He's still in charge when I think I'm, I know what I'm doing. You know, if I had a God that I could manipulate, I would still be in some seriously bad places. See, He doesn't move. He speaks, and that's what it is. And I'm grateful for that. Even though it takes me a minute sometimes to surrender to it. I'm grateful that I'm learning to turn my will over. I'm learning to be you know to trust him. I'm learning to be patient. I'm learning to to take that step. I'm learning to, to get into that uncomfortable territory, realizing that he's gonna move, even though I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm realizing that I need to release control. I'm realizing that he's always there, I'm realizing that he has a plan, I'm realizing that he's always going to you know make a way. He's always gonna provide in one way, shape or form. You know, and I'm grateful for that. You know, how is he moving in our lives? Each one of us has a story that's taken place in the last few months that, you know, life has just taken this crazy turn and, and moved us and changed us and we're like, well, I had this idea, I had this plan and he's like, nope, we're doing something completely different. And when we let go and say, all right, I trust you, Jesus, and we open our eyes, we start to realize that He's right there in the midst of it, taking care of every little thing. And I think it's these hardships and these these difficulties and these uncertainties and this uncomfortability that helps us to deepen our relationship with Him because we have to grab onto Him tightly. It's either I grab onto Jesus tightly or I grab onto something else. And any time I grab onto something else, I don't get satisfied. There's something missing. You know, I, I think that He wants us to focus on Him. I think He wants our attention. You know, and I think that, you know, He allows certain things to come because it's going to... To really uproot things that shouldn't be there, and it's going to help us to go deeper with Him. I'm grateful I can't figure it all out because I would do it without Him. You know, how many control freaks are in this room? How much would we be trying to serve Jesus without Jesus if we knew what we were doing? Every single one of us. Because. Letting Jesus in screws up the plan. That it's supposed to be easy and it's supposed to be comfortable and I'm supposed to be blessed and righteous and and highly favored and everything's supposed to go my way because I pray. It's nonsense. How much more can a powerful God move when we have no other way to do it? except to rely rely on Him and pray and and trust and push forward. I think that God's always speaking, and it's just a matter of are we actually trying to hear Him. See, I think some of us have a hard time hearing Him because we don't want to hear what He has to say. He's going to tell us to do or not to do something, and we don't want that. And then we say, I can't hear him. Because then I can plausibly deny that I haven't heard him. Because I'm not actually asking him what he would want me to do because I don't want to do it. I've already determined in my mind that I'm going to do this. But then I'm scared that it's not going to work out and he won't let me do it. But in reality, how many times have we surrendered to his will and verse our own, and we're grateful of where He's taken us or where He's taken us out of or what He's done for us or how He's blessed us. And, and it's not... It's never. It really is never the plan, the choice that we would have made. Like how many times have we aligned 100% with Jesus and be like, yeah, I think that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. Never. He's always got this obscure, crazy idea of what we should be doing. And we're like, nah, Jesus. You need to simmer down over there. (laughs) I don't remember where I heard it first, but I remember someone had said it. You know, as I'm praying to Jesus and the Holy Spirit's trying to talk to me, and we're like, shut up. I'm trying to talk to Jesus. How often do we not want to hear what he really has to say because it's scary but i think that as we focus on him and we we really are grateful for what he's already done for us you know where were we before we met him and where are we now is it perfect no I highly doubt that it will ever be perfect. But I know, I know, my life is completely different. I'm a completely different person. And I'm so grateful for what He's done in my life. That I've given my life to Him. See, I believe that He does have a purpose and a plan for us, even though that is cliche. However, I don't always think that we agree with what that plan might be because we're going to need a whole lot of Him and a whole lot of less of us to accomplish what He would want to do through us because then He gets the glory and we're just a participant. See, I'm grateful that he didn't let me do things that I thought that I wanted to do when I was a young baby Christian. I was ready to take over the world. But my character was in no way, shape, or form ready for any of that. And he knew that. I was so full of pride, thinking that I was amazing. Now I'm just grateful that I I get to serve him. You know, and he's he's changing me. You know, and he's always putting me in these uncomfortable positions where it's like, you're going to trust me? Like, at this point, yeah, here we go. I'm so much more pliable today. Used to get angry and frustrated and I would pray. I'm praying against him, but hey. Like I don't know, all right, I don't know, it's just God, you know. And I would get all worked up, rebuking stuff and calling down stuff. But now I'm just like, okay, whatever you want. Now that doesn't mean I don't. I still don't get in my own way sometimes, because that's absolutely not true, because I do. But I'm so much more pliable than i used to be because my heart was hardened my my brain was full of nonsense because i thought i knew stuff you know it's through the test of time that our character is really emerging you know and i'm grateful that he's made me wait man did that stuff piss me off many many years ago like i would get so angry because he wasn't doing what I, I've been praying, and you're supposed to give me what I want, like, who did I really think I am? I'm an anointed son of God. I'm so grateful that he, you know, all right, let's see, let's see how you do. You know, like, I'm grateful he just kept the doors closed. You know that. We don't always understand his will. but I remember a pastor a long time preached this sermon and he's like, if we know God's heart, and we know that God's heart's for us, and we know that God's heart loves us, that even though we don't understand His hands, and even though sometimes His hands hurt, if we focus on His heart, we realize that what He's doing is for our best. And sometimes it's very uncomfortable the things that He does. Somewhere I still have it, but my grandmother sent me a news clipping. And uh, it was about this poem from a piece of clay's point of view. And the, the potter reaches in and he grabs this piece of clay and he begins to mold it, and the clay is like, ouch, that hurt, stop. And the potter's pulling it and, 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 pushing it into position and and the clay's, you know, complaining like, oh, ooh, that hurts. It stopped. And the potter continues to push it and mold it and shape it. And the whole time the clay is, you know, lashing out verbally and how much this hurts. And eventually it, you know, the potter feels like it's got its, you know, it's, you know, design that's, it's made up for that specific piece of clay, and and finally the the piece of clay is like whew, it's over. And then it gets put in the oven, <laughs> and the piece of clay is screaming and screaming and screaming. Then it gets put out of the oven. Whew, it's over. And the potter puts a glaze on it and lets it sit there to cure. The pot and the piece of clay is complaining and and murmuring. And eventually this piece of clay gets to see itself in the mirror. And the potter made this ugly piece of clay into a beautiful teapot. And the piece of clay was like, wow, look at me. Look at what I've become. See, the potter is working in each and every one of our lives, breaking off the hardness in our hearts, breaking off our ego, breaking off our pride, breaking off our fear, breaking off our insecurity, breaking off our traumas, breaking off our rejection, breaking off our abandonment issues, breaking off our lusts, breaking off our impurities. And he's molding us and he's, and it's like, this hurts, God. I don't like this. It's uncomfortable. And any time that we get close to His fire, we want to run. But it's that all-consuming fire that completely cures us of our own will. Because when we get a taste of His presence, we want more of it. We want more of it. You just want more of it. As we grow and we find our identity completely in Christ, that someday we're going to look at ourselves in the mirror and we're like, wow, look at what Jesus has done with me. That maybe right now that when we look into the mirror we don't like what we see. Maybe we're still seeing some of those things that we're struggling with. Maybe we're still wrapped up in our identities in some area in our past where we've been broken or abused or hurt or abandoned or rejected. Maybe we're going through something right now that's the worst thing that we could ever imagine. But yet God's right in the center of that. And He's molded you and He's changed you. And He's shaping you into who He's calling you to be. The process sucks. No one likes it. Can we just get honest? that We all have our own process. And it's not fun. But it doesn't stop until we surrender and we say, alright, I'm ready to do it your way. The more we fight, the longer it takes. All I think about is that 40 years could have been done in 11 days. How does that refer to me and how does that refer to you? Talk to Jesus because I'm sure he'll tell you. Each one of us is in our process. What was he doing in that 40 years? It's breaking off Egypt. Breaking off the murmuring. Breaking off the complaining. Breaking off the authority issues. Breaking off the deceit. Breaking off the stealing. Breaking off lack of trust in God. Lack of having faith. Allowing fear to make their decisions. Aren't we going through the same thing? As we grow and we find our identity in Christ, not in who we once were, or not what we've gone through, or not what we've lost, or not what we think we should have had. And we start looking for, to Jesus to fill that, that emptiness on the inside of each and every one of us. We're going to be so grateful that we didn't get what we think we wanted. I just know that He has a plan for me. He's got a plan for this ministry. He's got a plan for each and every one of us. What that is, I don't know. Because I try to do it myself. Still to this day. I keep telling the guys, if you would have told me three months ago, I'd be doing what I'm doing. I'd be like, no way, that's not God. And yet, I'm learning to become a stonemason. Who knew that was part of God's plan? But I think about it. As a junior in high school, and I hated being academic, I decided to go to BOCES to do what? Masonry. And I quit because I didn't like it. Because it was too much work. And I was a young punk and didn't want to do work. So I gravitated to carpentry where I already knew stuff. And it was easy to go through those classes because they were teaching them how to cut boards. I'm like, this is easy. I was such a bright student, the teacher called me Sunshine. True story. Hey, sunshine, you'd say. What do you think about this? Like, Philippians 4.6 tells us, Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything, prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present requests to God. And a fear... No, a peace. How come we're always so afraid? A peace that goes beyond all understanding will come. We have to lay it down. Whatever it is that we're struggling with, whatever fear is trying to get in there, Release it. Say, Jesus, I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm going to trust you, in it. and I'm scared, and I don't like it, and I'm angry, and I want to run, but I trust you. Because I believe that if we really were grateful for all he's done for us already, We would be more willing to surrender for what he has for us next. You know that, I don't talk about it much, but, you know, I've had dozens and dozens and dozens of guys come through my house and I've helped for over a decade. I've been helping men and trying to get their lives in order and most of them just take off spur of the moment in the middle of the night poof I'm gone very few have ever had a conversation with me like Tom I'm ready to go and normally they're not ready to go they're just ready to run and I try to tell them that you know God's got a plan and I try to you know encourage them well just Keep doing what you've been learning and things will work out. Most of them don't. And I believe that this is the main reason is that they're not grateful for what Jesus is doing in their life. They're not grateful for the time and effort that I've spent trying to help them. Because there's something still missing, that they're longing for something. Now, I don't know what all of them are, you know, all the problems are, and I'm not trying to, to simplify it. But I know for me, that in key moments when I was about to run, when the enemy was trying to get in my head and create a wedge between me and Redeemer, or me and Celebrate Recovery, or me and Pastor Mike, or me and some other pastor, or me and, you know, whatever, God would always bring me to this place saying, Tom, do you trust me? And I'd get so mad because I'd have to say yes because I'd say, Yes, I trust you. And he said, Sit still. And I hated it. I hated sitting still. But I'm grateful now for what he was showing me in those moments is that I'm grateful for Redeemer Church. I'm grateful for Pastor Mike. I'm grateful for this ministry, even though it's been Difficult through the years. It's forced me to to press into Jesus. It's forced me to allow Him to work on my character. It's forced me to grow into the man that He's called me to be. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for His process and not what I thought was best. Now each one of us has a choice set before us most likely He's already been talking to you about some things. I just really encourage you to press into Him and allow His love to to meet you where you're at and realize that His love for you goes beyond your understanding even though His hands may hurt in the moment. Even though He's molding you into what He is, is calling you to be, that He is shaping your identity in Christ and it's unpleasant and it, and it hurts sometimes but he's breaking off the old so that you can become new and as we're grateful for the men and women that he puts around us and we're grateful for what he's done in our lives that he has taken away all sin if we would just surrender he took our place You know, Hebrews, <clears throat> Hebrews twelve one says, As for us, we have this large cloud of witnesses around us. So then let us rid ourselves of everything that gets in the way and the sin which holds on so tightly. Let us run with determination the race that lies before us. I don't even know what my race is. And it's changed recently and I'm heading in a new direction. But I don't have any doubts that it's not him. And at some point, like any racetrack, it kind of comes back around. Whether it's six months or a year or five, I don't know what's going on lately. But I want to run his race and not mine. I'm grateful that He never gives up on us, in spite of who we are and what we do. You know, having an attitude of gratitude has helped me in more ways than I can ever imagine, and it's something that that seed was sown into my life in a time before I knew Jesus. And I'm grateful for AA. Grateful for going in and out because I was learning stuff even though I was a knucklehead. What's he trying to teach you? No matter what you're going through, no matter how hard it is, try to find gratitude right now. I guarantee you find Jesus right in the midst of it. I guarantee he's standing right with you. Not saying it's easy. I'm saying he's there. You just bow your heads with me. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for all that you're doing. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for this ministry. I'm grateful for the men and women that are here tonight. Lord, I just pray that you would move in our lives. Lord, help us to be moldable. Shape us into the men and women that you've called us to be. Lord, help us to, to let you move us to where we need to be, Lord, to to grow, to heal, to be transformed into your image, Lord, that we would be new creations, that we would no longer think as we once did, Lord, that the mind of Christ would begin to be transforming our minds. That we would be turning to you quicker and each frustration, each difficulty, each part of our process. Lord help us to be grateful. Help us to find gratitude no matter what part of the process that we're in. Even if it's difficult. Even if it's hard. Even if we don't want to. Help us to realize that your will far surpasses what we want. Help us to grow and to become who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.